National Signing Day has come and gone for the BYU football program, and based on everything that we know about this signing class, it appears that BYU was a winner on National Signing Day. We're talking about that on Locked On Cougars. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Katz, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Appreciate all of you who are everydayers with us right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We are your original daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports. And today's show is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. Make every moment more with FanDuel. New customers join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets. If your first bet of $5 or more wins, visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started today. And we're going to start today's show talking about BYU and National Signing Day. Now, relative to how the early signing period for in December went for BYU, this was a far cry from the same hoopla and uh, obviously the, the the applause and all the, the theatrics and everything that was going on in December. But National Signing Day uh, did yield some nice additions for BYU. Now, the Cougars officially announced Gary Bohannon's signing uh, for BYU. Uh, it was curious they announced that in February because he has been enrolled at BYU since January, since the semester began, and has gone through over a month at this point of workouts with his new teammates. It just may have been a mere formality uh, to announce that, but the two big signings on National Signing Day for BYU were uh, teammates out of the Bay Area. We've talked about them earlier this week as guys I was tracking going into signing day. Uh, The two names, Naki Tuakoi as well as Sefo Akuila, and I hope I pronounced that correctly. A couple of you reached out and helped me uh, learn how to pronounce his last name correctly, but Akuila as well as Tua Koi are both teammates or were teammates at Fremont Senior High School out there in the Bay Area. And both of them coming to BYU listed as linebackers, at least initially, for the BYU football program. The thing I like about both of these young men is that they've got legit D1 FBS Power 5 size to them. You have Naki Tua Koi listed at 24-7 sports at 6'4", 222 pounds. Uh, so he very much looks the part of a guy who could play that outside linebacker slash edge rusher role for BYU if his frame fills out. But then you have uh, Alkila, Sefo Alkila, who is a guy that uh, very much looks the part of potentially an inside linebacker, but has the range to play sideline to sideline. He has got the experience having played offense and quarterback in high school that I think will benefit him as he makes the transition to a full-time defensive player. But uh, let's put it this way. In this day and age of college football, positions when you initially get to school versus the position you play uh, at the end of your career can very much differ. So we'll see how these two do, but I I love the signings of both of these young men. Uh, Alkila is listed as a mid-three-star prospect, 86 rating from uh, 24-7 Sports. His composite rating just slightly higher, 86.33. So a solid rating there for him. And then uh, Tuakoy, this is an 87 rating uh, from our friends at 24-7 Sports, an 88.83 from uh, their composite ratings. And ESPN and Rivals also had him listed as a four-star prospect uh, instead of the three-star prospect that 24-7 Sports had. So these are two high-level defenders adding to an already... uh, 
defensive-heavy class for BYU, but let's be frank. BYU needed to upgrade that defense. They needed to upgrade the pass rush. They needed to have a better front seven for this defense to thrive under Jay Hill, and he went to work in building up this BYU defense, and his efforts have gotten BYU close to the territory I think that they need to be in annually to be a factor in the Big 12 Conference. Now, we're going to answer some of your questions here a little bit later on, and we'll address that more fully, but the thing about this is BYU's class currently ranked 44th in the country. Now, the overall average ranking for BYU's recruits are is a little bit lower than other teams around them in those rankings, but their overall team score, this is according to 24-7 Sports, has them at 44. I have talked on this podcast often that I believe BYU, the baseline for them to be a factor in the Big 12 Conference, they need to be recruiting inside the top 40 nationally, and that's to have aspirations of being a true contender uh, in the Big 12. It may even take getting into the top 30, potentially top 25, to really uh, be an impact uh, program. But this is a nice uptick for BYU, considering the last three, four, five recruiting classes, BYU's routine was to be in the 60s or 70s. So this is a major, major uptick. Now, I, I had a couple of people get after me for my complaints on addition earlier this week of the podcast, saying that I want to see BYU continue to invest in their recruiting staff. Now, I freely acknowledge that I am not running BYU sports. That's why I'm doing a podcast. Let's be very clear up front about that. Jay Hill has been worth every dime that BYU is paying him. The reason why I want to see BYU continue to upgrade their recruiting staff is I want to see less of the strain put on these position coaches. They have so many things that they are required to do. They have to recruit their current uh, uh players inside their football program seemingly on a daily basis because we all know that there is all kinds of uh, talk behind the scenes with people about, hey, if you enter the transfer portal, we can hook you up with this NIL stuff. you got to recruit your own roster. you got to be able to evaluate film. You've got to be able to love up the guys you're currently recruiting. And oh, by the way, you still have to discover new talent uh, seemingly on a daily basis. And that's not only in addition to your actual on-field responsibilities and getting results on the gridiron for BYU. These assistant coaches, they're overworked. They have so much on their plate. Having a more robust recruiting staff for BYU would go a long way to freeing them up a little bit. They don't have to completely absolve themselves of the recruiting because they are still the guys that go out on the road and recruit uh, athletes to BYU. They're the ones that go into the living rooms of these uh, athletes' homes and share what BYU can do for them. They still have to do that part of it. But the the talent discovery phase, the sending a message every day, uh, letters, the, the, the loving up of recruits is what the uh, back-end recruiting staff needs to do. And BYU has a Good staff in that regard. I'm not saying it's a bad staff by any means. I'd like to see more bodies full time in that uh, position to uh, take essentially the 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 what I'm trying to say the the some of the strain off of these assistant coaches. In my ideal world, BYU would have one recruiting assistant for every position coach. That may be uh, a bridge too far for BYU in the current uh, climate of things, but I would hope that at some point they can do that. So I, I, overall, BYU making a major step forward. Uh, getting back to the original point in upgrading their staff and the overall recruiting rankings is what I should say. And that that is a positive. 
positive step for the BYU football program as they look to build towards being a more relevant player in the Big 12 in 2024 and beyond. The big emphasis on this recruiting cycle was on the defense. I I talked yesterday on the podcast, I believe BYU's offense is kind of following more of what BYU basketball did where they're expecting skill development and just overall continuity may win the day for them in terms of their improvement. Now, I talked yesterday, I thought there would be three signings for BYU, and we did get three signings with Gary Bohannon officially being announced by BYU, but one signing I expected that it appears is going to be a preferred walk-on after all is the name of Lance Reynolds III. Now, that's not a bad thing by any means. Lance Reynolds will be able to come in here as a family legacy. BYU's bringing him on and have to prove himself. If he proves himself capable of earning a scholarship, that's great, but he is just the tip of the iceberg when it comes uh, to the other preferred walk-ons that BYU has landed in the last 24, 48, even the last 24 to 48 hours, even in in the last week. Uh, They announced uh, the announcement came yesterday that Dylan Dunn has committed to BYU as a quarterback out of Olathe, Kansas. Uh, played for Blue Valley Southwest High School out there. He is the son of Mark Dunn, a former box elder B and Rick's college quarterback who ultimately went to Kansas State and played there. Uh, settled in uh, the Kansas City area and now his son, Dylan Dunn, is coming to BYU. Now, it's TBD on when Dylan ultimately enrolls at BYU. Could he go on a mission? Could he uh, decide to enroll right away? That is TBD, but uh, he is a guy that's got really good size and was the high school player of the year out there in Kansas with really, really nice statistics. We talked about him last week after it was revealed that he got the offer, and he uh, talked about the fact that BYU came in late, but Aaron Roderick and Matt Mitchell really made an impression on him, and he's going to come to BYU and see what he's capable of doing. Dylan Dunn shows skills that are translatable to the Power 5 football level. If they if they truly is as good as uh, maybe his film suggests, this is a fantastic under-the-radar pickup for BYU because he could prove to be a guy who is a scholarship-caliber player when all is said and done. Now, other additions to this uh, recruiting cycle via preferred walk-on route is Easton Merrill out of Mount, Maple Mountain High School. Multi-sport athlete, but uh, played mainly wide receiver in high school. Will come to BYU and uh, hopefully be able to uh, prove his worth as a guy... Uh, coming out uh, of the local uh, high schools, and speaking of Utah Valley for BYU, we already talked about Tyler West, who's the speedster out of Crimson Cliffs High School down in southern Utah. I am very high on West if his speed translates to the FBS uh, Power 5 football level and his hands are as good as advertised. That is a guy that I think could be a major, major impact guy as a walk-on for BYU. We already talked about Lance Reynolds, and the final name is the name of Carson Cox, uh, who is another a wide receiver slash potentially tight end uh, just with his size. Carson Cox comes to BYU out of Ridgeline High School up in the Logan area. Six foot five, 200 pounds. Now, had a really, really nice season as a wide receiver last, last year for a high-powered Ridgeline uh, football program. I'm looking forward to seeing what uh, Carson can offer to BYU when he enrolls. Now, I believe he's a mission-bound kid or, uh, before he enrolls at BYU, but you can't teach some of the size these guys have. Six foot five for a wide receiver, that's elite, elite height. And uh, maybe he fills out a little bit more and they move him to tight end, all a guy like Keanu Hill, who's making the transition to tight end this year as a senior for BYU. But that's those, those are great underrated pickups for BYU in this preferred walk-on class. And that brings us to our first question. I'm going to answer it before we hit the 
hit uh, other questions that comes from our good friend Adrian Jenkins, and he asked this question: is, What are the which of the preferred walk-ons do you think will be most likely to become a household name in and on scholarship? Essentially, essentially, uh, this is the Dax Milne Memorial Award, and uh, Dax Milne is not dead, but you know what I'm talking about in terms of a guy comes in as a walk-on, ends up becoming, as, as Adrian points out, uh, uh, the household name. My money right now on this cycle of these preferred walk-ons, uh, I've got two contenders. I would say Tyler West or Dylan Dunn. Now, I'm going to say it's more likely to be Tyler West because quarterback is just such a, a doggy dog position where you only have one guy who plays the vast, if not all of the snaps, whereas a wide receiver, a guy like Tyler uh, West would get more of an opportunity to play. And once again, you can't teach burner speed, and that's what Tyler West has in his back pocket as he comes to BYU. So uh, those are my thoughts on who it is. So I would say it's probably Tyler West, but kind of that backup guy for me, Adrian, is if, if his potential is a little bit of a guy who's flying under the radar. If Dylan Dunn's skills uh, translate to the Power 5 football level, BYU found a really, really nice pickup and a quarterback uh, on the preferred walk-on uh, market, as it were. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we'll talk more about your guys' questions. Now, these questions come from our insider group. If you'd like to be a part of that, uh, you can sign up at the link below. It's uh, called Subtext as a service. We're calling it our new Locked On Cougars Insider Group. It's a way to get a direct interaction with me via text messages to your phone. Uh, the goal is to make you guys aware of everything I've got live time. I can update you guys from press conferences, games, uh, man, everything and anything is uh, under the sun as possible with this group. It's a 14-day free trial, but then $4.99 a month, so 5 bucks a month after that supports the podcast supports what we're doing and gets you more in the know with what's going on with the podcast and BYU sports would encourage you guys to like Adrian and who the other guys will uh, guys and gals I should say uh, who will answer their questions coming up Uh, they're all part of our Locked On Cougars insider group we'd love for you guys to be a part of it and we'll we'll get to more of those questions as we continue on right here on Locked On Cougars Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. Happy Super Bowl week to you all. And that comes from our friends over at FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets with our friends over at FanDuel. I'm a guy, I've said this before, I am there for the game. I am a purist when it comes to football. And the Super Bowl is more of a spectacle than it really is a game at times. But hey, halftime show is great. The 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 crowd shots, the prop, and all that stuff's fun. But here's the thing. I am there for the game and if you want to have fun betting on the game itself or anything outside of that you want to bet on how long Usher's set is going to go at halftime how many times Taylor Swift is going to be shown on TV uh, how many uh, uh, times they'll do updates if she is late getting to through all that stuff it's all available from our friends at at uh, FanDuel they have so many ways for you to end the season with a W or 2 or 3 and then you can bet on who will win Super Bowl 58 but he also has uh, options to bet on which players will score a touchdown how many points will be scored overall it's all available to you guys so New customers, by the way, you can join today and get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins from our friends at FanDuel. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with our friends over at FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. I want to encourage you guys to, lock, uh, to check out Locked On's new first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. You also can find it now on Amazon Fire TV. It's called Locked On Sports Today. It's here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Find Locked On Sports Today on YouTube as well as Amazon Fire TV 
today, my friends. All right, let's get back back into our Locked On uh, Cougars Insider Group uh, question and answers. Uh, this will be a mailbag feature we do throughout the offseason, and we are, do it often during the season as well, speaking of football season. So if you guys want to have a, a way to interact with the show and get your questions on air, the way to sign up is with our subtext community, our Locked On Insiders Group, as, I, as I, we are calling it now, and check that out at, at the links below, whether you're watching this on YouTube or in the show notes if you're listening to it wherever you get your podcast. All right, more questions coming in here. Andrew Lida, what are your thoughts on the 2024 class signing? It seems to be this could be the deepest class ever. Now, in terms of the deepest, that's relative, obviously, but there is a, there's a thing about this. You look at how many offers and uh, what I would say is more offers of other Power 4 slash Power 5 football programs to these athletes. The vast majority of BYU signees in this class had at least one, if not more, uh, competing Power 5 slash Power 4 football offers, and that leads me to think, Andrew, that yes, it is one of the deepest, if not the deepest, in BYU history. That is a good sign. When other Power 4 football programs want your talent, well, that's a good thing to have in your back pocket. Now, that talent's got to translate, and it's got to be able to play on the field. Uh, We have had uh, interactions on my daily radio show, DJ and PK, on the KSL Sports Zone with Gary Anderson over the years, the former Utah State coach, was an assistant at Utah, also coached at Wisconsin and Oregon State. This guy knows Power 5 football. He knows what it takes uh, to be successful and, and thrive in the recruiting sphere. And, and he talked often about the fact that uh, the best recruiters in college football hit on two of every three guys. He said, if you hit on three of three guys, you might as well sign a lifetime contract with whatever program uh, you are uh, uh, coaching for because they're going to value you extremely highly. He said, you hit on two of three guys, you're going to have very secure job security, whichever program you're at, and you're likely going to find yourself on a fast track to being a head coach. He said, the average coach really hits on one of every three recruits, and that's that's a 333 batting average. Yes, that's great in baseball, but uh, it's not all that great to think that one in three guys is not going to live up to the expectations that you have, but that's what he broke it down as, and I think that BYU, they're betting on this class uh, being uh, able to be more of the two of every three uh, pan out versus one of every three, and heaven forbid, zero for three as well. All right, other questions. Uh, Don McGillies, I love the football players we got in this 2024 signing class. I'm looking forward to the season. I think you're not wrong about that, Donovan. Uh, it's easy to look at this uh, class and say, you know what? This has got some good things going for it, speaking of BYU. And that's, that should excite you as a Cougar fan, is looking at the potential of this uh, group, and that is what I think most people should be excited about. Uh, other questions here. Uh, over, under on, uh, so this comes from Jimmy White Jr. Uh, what's your over, under on the number of seasons until BYU is a real contender for a Big 12 championship in football? It's a fantastic question, Jimmy. I think it's going to take probably four to five years conservatively for BYU to be in that mix. It may even take a little bit longer than that, but here's the thing. I talked about the fact that BYU's uh, class this year in the 2024 cycle is rated 44th. If if BYU can start to churn out top 40 and maybe move inside the top 30 nationally, yeah, that four to five year window is very much in the mix for BYU. Now, you also have to factor in that there are going to be a number of guys for BYU that go on missions and are going to spend two years away from the football program. Uh, there are eight additions that BYU announced yesterday that are coming into BYU as part of this recruiting cycle, but that's just kind of the, the thing for BYU is they have to deal with that. But yes, if you can start to recruit at a higher level and if Jay Hill has proven that BYU can be a potential out right on the cusp of a top 40 program and you think that the 
better work is still ahead of him in terms of uh, adding uh, even more talent for BYU, they start to recruit in a top 40 uh, level. That's going to make BYU very much a player just simply due to the talent acquisitions uh, that BYU will have made. So that we'll see. I think it's four to five years conservatively, maybe as long as 10 years, maybe a decade before BYU truly is a factor. But uh, the fun part is you're inside the group. And that's one thing for 13 years as an independent or whatever it was. Uh, you could not say that if you were a BYU. All right, other questions. Uh, Jeffrey uh, Jeffrey says this, how confident are we in the running back room this year? That's a great question. He says that to me it doesn't feel like we have anybody who fits uh, the stereotypical BYU running back form. I really like LJ Martin, but he's obviously no Tyler Algier slash Harvey Unga size or type of player. Can our run game be successful with his style of play? Uh, BYU believes it can be, obviously, because they are uh, essentially sitting uh, tight with what they have at running back. Now, you have to factor in guys like Miles Davis, uh, Hinkley Rapati coming back off of a knee injury, as well as a guy like Enoch Nawahine. And then also, I just mentioned there are eight new additions for BYU uh, via the uh, via the return missionary route, and two of them are going to start out at running back. Those are Jovesa Damuni, as well as uh, Pokai Haunga. Uh, they are both multi-talented athletes, played more wide receiver slash running back roles in high school. Maybe one of those two guys is a factor. And the nice part is both of them are enrolled already in school and will go through spring camp. So could they be a factor at the running back position? I think BYU is feeling confident that LJ Martin can be that uh, bell cow back for BYU. And if that is the case, that's a four-star talent. Let's let's remember that LJ Martin was a prize, a huge prize in that 2023 recruiting class. And uh, it would not surprise me to be the guy that BYU kind of stakes their hope on. And yes, he may be a little bit atypical of what BYU's had at running back. Does not mean that he is any less effective or it will be less effective for BYU, if that makes sense. So I think they're they're confident because, like I said, Jeff, they're they're sitting tight and they're just thinking we're gonna we're gonna do our thing. That's what we got. Uh, Danny Holmgren says this. Uh, qu- his question is, solid signing period compared to previous years, but we are still not great in comparison to the rest of the conference. Even looking at teams like Texas Tech, who had a five-star commit and several four-star commits, I am wondering what it'll take for BYU to get to that level. I mean, it is Lubbock after all. It ain't the town or co-ed stealing the deal. You know what Texas Tech has in their back pocket, uh, Danny, just to be frank? NIL. We're talking like twenty-five grand for every football player. I think is what the report was: a hundred plus football players, twenty-five grand minimum from Texas Tech. Money talks, and it's sad to say, but that NIL factor is going to be a, a, an absolute a thing that is going to play a role, and that's why Texas Tech is having the success they are having. Can BYU get to that level? TBD. We'll we'll see. They had two four-star signings in this class. That's solid. The vast majority of BYU still three-star talents, but uh, BYU uh, has really built themselves on being a developmental football program and wanting to build a a program that's got more of ability to bring in a three-star talent and turn them into a four- or a five-star contributor. Does that make sense? That's more of a BYU's uh, banking on. But let's also acknowledge the fact that BYU with that 44th recruiting class was number five in the Big 12. They were number five out of the 16 teams that are going to be in the Big 12 next year. That's a top-tier uh, uh, recruiting class for BYU. So let's not poo-poo this recruiting class. This is a this is a big, big day for BYU, honestly. It, they, are, they are recruiting at the level that we have uh, wanted them to recruit at. And that, yes, there is still work to be done, but they had a really, really nice uptick uh, this year. Let's not, uh, let's not poo-poo that uh, too much there. All right, uh, a couple of the questions here. They're all basketball-related. It looks like we're 
remaining. So uh, I'm going to hold off on answering the rest of these uh, tomorrow. Well, actually, I got one more here. Uh, actually, one more football one. This comes from Tyson, and we'll get to this one. And then the basketball ones we'll get to tomorrow as we talk more about the Kansas State matchup uh, for BYU. But Tyson asks this, what does the spring football schedule look like, and which side are you more excited to watch? Um, that's a group. Great question, Tyson. Uh, spring football starts February 29th. It'll wrap up by March 30th. There's about four, four five weeks in there. And uh, Kalani Satake said it. They will do three practices a week. They're going to just kind of plow right through it. Remember last year they took a week break in the middle of it and uh, finished up kind of in mid-April. Well, Kalani talked about the fact that they're replacing the playing surface at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, so they're not going to have the the benefit of having that. Will that affect how they're going to maybe have a spring game, etc.? Very much, probably will impact that, but it's going to be a month long, February 29th to March 30th. They're going to plow right through it, uh, get their work in, and the side of the football I'm more excited to watch, honestly, is the offense. Can the quarterbacks come alive? Can somebody establish themselves as the guy, potentially, at quarterback? It's a great question, Mark, uh, that is going to uh, plague uh, probably too strong of a term, but it's absolutely going to be a conversation piece for BYU offensively is who is the quarterback going to be, and they got to be able to figure it out. So that will wrap, uh, that will uh, be how BYU does spring ball. And he also had, uh, added this question from Tyson. What is your prediction for the Super Bowl? My San Francisco 49ers are going to win. I'm getting my sixth Super Super Bowl as a 49ers fan. Now, I've been alive for, I think, three of their, no, two of their Super Bowl titles so far. Uh, the last one coming back in 1994 with Steve Young under center. It's been a, quite a minute. Uh, Andy Stallings asked, also asked this score prediction for the Super Bowl. Uh, it's the Niners. Uh, give me the Niners 24 uh Chiefs 21. I think it's going to be a classic. It's going to be a tight game, but I'm hoping that my Niners come out on top. That's what I'm predicting because Mrs. Hatch will let me buy some more Niners gear if they actually win this time. So uh, we'll see what happens with that. All right. We'll get to more of the basketball questions tomorrow. Uh, some great ones, and I appreciate all of the interaction. Once again, if you want to be part of that and want to have your ability to reach out and uh, interact with the show and get your questions into the show, join our Locked On Cougars Insiders group, and we'll do more of these mailbags weekly uh, throughout the offseason. All right. Coming up here in just a minute, We'll round out today's show with a couple of more notes. Uh, as I mentioned, there's a couple other return missionaries coming back for BYU that we need to talk about. We'll highlight those guys. And also a huge win for BYU women's basketball last night at the Marriott Center. We'll get to all of it right here on Locked on Cougars. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. Now, Game Time is here for you guys no matter what the event you want to go to is. And they have a very cool special right now. If you're planning on going to the big game down in Vegas, you can use the promo code VEGAS100. Get $100 off your big game ticket. Now, if that's not for you, the best part about game time is they got the tickets for everything you want to go to, no matter what it is. Sports, uh, uh, gaming conventions, I don't know what you want to go to, concerts, <laughs> sporting events, uh, theater. No matter what it is, they've got all-in prices, views from your seat, and more importantly, they have the ability to have it be two taps, your tickets are purchased, and you're on your way to the event. The best part is they have ticket uh, deals all the way up until the start of the event, even an hour afterwards, giving you killer deals and the opportunity to get out to the events that you want to go to and have fun with your family and friends. So take advantage of their offer right now. If you're planning on going to Vegas for the big game, and if you're doing that, I encourage you guys to use this offer. Vegas 100 to get $100 off from our friends at Game Time to get yourself into their, into the game down there at Allegiant Stadium. Or if you're not going, you can still use the promo code Locked On at Game Time. Uh, create an account today, by the way. Terms apply, but create an account, a Game Time app account. Uh, download it today. Get started today. Use the promo code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. It's all courtesy of your friends over at Game Time. Last-minute tickets, killer deals, all guaranteed from our friends over at Game Time. 
Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. All right, a couple of notes before we go on today's show. Uh, include that BYU women's basketball had a huge win last night at the Marriott Center. They had the first win over an AP Top 25 team this season. It's the first ranked win for uh, Coach Whiting, uh, speaking of Amber Whiting, and a, a big win. Just You beat Baylor. Baylor's one of the power players in women's hoops. Uh, they win that game 78-66. to Really impressive showing, and Lauren Gustin had a monster game. 23 points, 16 rebounds. Uh, I was tracking this game. She had 14 and 10 at halftime as BYU built a double-digit point lead. Amari Whiting had 14 points, eight rebounds, nine assists for BYU, coming just short of a triple-double. That's a very very impressive win for BYU women's basketball. It's one that uh, this basketball program, frankly, needed. They needed to have a program win that uh, can show that they can compete at the Power Five uh, level. And Baylor, well, once again, they're like I said, they're one of the programs that is a power player annually. And to get this type of a win, it's a it's a program building or a confidence building win for the women's basketball program. So I want to just tip my cap uh, to Coach Whiting and her players. That's an impressive, impressive win for BYU, and congratulations to them. I mentioned there are eight uh, new additions uh, to BYU's football roster via the return missionary route. We already talked about Jovessa Damuni as well as Polkai Haunga. They are going to both play running back for BYU, but there are six other guys I should highlight real quick. Cody Hagan, a star wide receiver, a four-star prospect in his own right, coming home off of a mission from Corner Canyon High School. Dallin Havea, a defensive uh, lineman, uh, coming in from Provo High. Sione Hingano is an offensive lineman out of Arizona. Nathan Hoke, if that last name sounds familiar, it should because his dad, uh, 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 Chris Hoke, was a star for BYU and a multi-time uh, Super Bowl winner in the NFL. Uh, he's playing linebacker out of Pennsylvania. Dominique McKenzie. Now, the McKenzie brothers will be back at BYU, potentially the two fastest guys on the BYU football roster. Uh, Dominique is now back off of mission. And then Noah Moiaki. Now this is a kid out of American Fork High School. Uh, a relative of Harvey Ungas. I think it's his, uh, is his nephew or whatever uh, via his wife. Uh, so uh, Noah Moiaki had the potential to play defensive line, tight end, linebacker. He's listed as a tight end for BYU currently. Now six of them are enrolled in school already. The only two that are not are Cody Hagan and Moiaki. So uh, they'll be home off of missions, but they'll be enrolling this summer and then getting themselves into shape over the summer. But the nice part is to have six of those return missionaries already in the football program and going through spring camp gives them a leg up on potentially contributing as soon as this season. So that's that's a positive if you're a BYU fan. And the final note I got on, t- on today's show for you guys is that BYU women's softball opens their season today. It's their first ever season in the Big 12, obviously. Uh, the Cougars uh, coming in uh, from a 35-17 and record, 11-4 and in conference play in the West Coast Conference last year. Missed out on the NCAA tournament, played in in the new NIT uh, of women's softball, and obviously it's a disappointment for the BYU women's softball program, but it's not get any easier. They're going into a conference that features the dominance of Oklahoma among other top 25, top 10 ranked teams in uh, women's softball, uh, but they'll be looking to have a, an impression uh, made in year one. Uh, the good news for uh, the Cougars in softball is they have 17 contributors returning as well as eight new additions uh, for them via transfer and four freshman signings for Gordon Eakin, who begins his 22nd season as head coach. He has a career record of 800 and 800 wins to 372 losses. Uh, interest to full disclosure, my wife was a uh, softball player at BYU, and uh, it's cool to 
have that connection to this uh, program via my wife, but uh, she is well removed at this point now uh, from her playing days, but uh, we still obviously watch with a keen eye on the BYU softball program. They are picked to finish 7th out of 10 teams by the league's coaches in their inaugural season here in the Big 12. That's not a bad spot to be for BYU because that shows there's a measure of respect for what they accomplished uh, during their years at the West Coast Conference. They also played in the Mountain West, the WAC, uh, the MPSF at one point during uh, the years that they were not, uh, the football went independent and they had to kind of find their new, uh, new home until the West Coast Conference uh, created a softball league, but uh, it is a big opportunity for BYU this season. Are they going to be one of the teams that's going to be in the upper echelon? Probably not, but the the possibility exists that they can be in the middle of the pack uh, for softball. Now, fifth-year senior Hunter Ava was in the to the Big 12 preseason all-conference team. She led the seat, led the team last year with a 7.46 slugging percentage, 50 RBIs, and 16 home runs. She also recorded the, the team's best, uh, second-best batting average on the season, hitting 3.28 on the season. So, uh, big opportunity for her to make an impression and lead BYU this year. And they're opening the season today in Hawaii. There are worse places to start your softball season uh, than at the University of Hawaii. Paradise Classic. They'll have a doubleheader today as they take on UMKC out of Kansas City and then face Ole Miss. And the best team in the field this week outside of BYU are the Ole Miss Rebels. Ole Miss made it to the regional final last year and lost to Utah in Salt Lake City in the NCAA tournament. Uh, that They'll play UMKC, speaking of BYU, at 1.30 Mountain Time and then 4 p.m. Mountain Time uh, for the game against Ole Miss. There is no live stream of these games, which is stunning to me, but alas, it is what it is. And then BYU will wrap up the weekend uh, by facing Nevada tomorrow at 1.30 Mountain Time and then a double header on Saturday uh, facing off against UMKC once again at 1.30 and then finishing up against host Hawaii on a Saturday afternoon at 4 o'clock. So five big opportunities for BYU softball to make a nice, a solid debut. I would imagine that the way this field is shaping up, BYU should get out of here 4-1, and one, maybe 5-0 and oh in that opener. Now, Hawaii can be interesting, but I don't see BYU losing to anybody uh, for sure outside of Ole Miss. It really just feels like uh, BYU has the capability of making a good opening weekend of the softball season, and uh, I, I freely admit it. I've got a, a keen interest in uh, watching BYU softball simply due to the fact that my wife played for that program, but uh, we will see how they do year one, and baseball starts up next week, so uh, spring sports season is here, folks. Now, one other note for you real quick tonight. BYU men's volleyball, they have traveled clear across the country there in Long Island uh, out there in New York to take on LIU. It's a 7 o'clock mountain time uh, start on that one. Uh, you can check it out. Uh, big opportunity. Excuse me, I screwed that up. I Man, I was reading that wrong. Uh, they are taking on Long Island at the Marriott, not the Marriott Center. Jeez, I'm just butchering this. They are taking on the Long Island, whatever they are. I don't even know what Long Are they the Sharks or something like that? Or I don't remember. Tibur, whatever. Long Island's coming to Provo. They're playing in the Smith Fieldhouse, 7 o'clock Mountain Time on BYU TV. Now, I, I butchered that, but thank you for bearing with me all the same. All right, that's going to do it. Big thank you once again for your support of the podcast. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we talk BYU basketball against Kansas State. Anything else that pops up for BYU football as well, we'll get you ready for it all right here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. want to remind you guys that once again, thank you for making it your first listen today, and obviously a big thank you to all of you who are everydayers as well. And be sure to sign up for our Locked On Cougars Insiders group as well. So until next time, my friends, this has been the Locked On Cougars podcast. Podcast, and we will catch you guys again tomorrow.